So if you say that you're in the quality segment um, and that you say that, for instance, it's very common to see that people say we pay more for quality. And when you pay more, the quality goes up. And that's not true because mm -hmm. uh, if I pay my baristas a higher salary, they don't work better. <laughs> if I train them, they will wor yeah. become better workers. So, um, and when they have higher value, then I can pay them more as well. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode one of our very first series for 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. And I'm proud to welcome Tim Wondebo to the podcast for the second time. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, before we do get started, I hope this is your best year yet. 2024 seems like it's going to be a very interesting year in the coffee industry. So I hope it's very prosperous for you and for everybody that's listening. To kick off the year, we are starting a conversation about the evolving specialty coffee market. And this is something that you're very passionate about. <laughs> so <laughs> why are you so passionate about this subject? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I, I started my coffee career in uh, the early days of, uh, what people call specialty coffee. I know it's not the beginning of it because it was in the end of the nineties, but, um, there was a lot of stuff happening throughout the early two thousands, I guess, in mm -hmm. our industry that, that I saw as very positive. Like we had the, the competitions that really promoted the kind of craft of making coffee, making it actually an occupation that people are proud of. Um, we were told the story that it's important to connect with the farmers, you know, paying more for quality is good. All these nice things. And uh, the more I've kind of worked in this industry, the more I un see and understand that uh, it it's a lot of words and a lot of talk and not a lot of walk. Uh, there mm -hmm. are, of course, companies who actually do the walk, but... Uh, I think in general, it is uh, been used as a marketing scheme to say <laughs> to be mild <laughs> by <laughs> by many many big companies, and uh, that's why I personally don't like to use the word specialty coffee because it doesn't really uh, tell you anything. Um, because uh, when you go to the specialty coffee fairs, uh, you see commercial companies, you know, that are considered by third waivers as being second wave companies mm. trying to kind of uh, market their, or we call it to, to put makeup on the bride in Norway. Oh, um, wow. So <laughs> they're trying to kind of yeah. sell something as something greater than it is. Uh, and I think, you know, that's not good. It's not right. And, uh, it will bite us in our own tail, uh, sooner or later, I think. I agree. For the young puppies in the industry who may be new and may not understand the position that you've worked your way through um, in the specialty coffee spectrum, why don't you give people a, a, a brief rundown of who Tim Winderbow is? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I started as a barista straight out of high school in 1998. Uh, I worked for a chain of coffee shop called Stocklets in Oslo. Um, Started in one shop and then gradually kind of took over uh, and run six shops together with a friend. Uh, I won the World Barista Championship in 2004 and then uh, kind of started traveling a little bit, consulting, training people, uh, and then decided to open my own company in 2007. So since 2007, I've been importing and roasting coffee in Oslo. Um, 
and also have a coffee shop. So just one shop. Uh, and we today we focus on working very closely with the producers we buy from. I'm not just saying it, we actually do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> We're going to uh, deep dive into that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the reason why is because I see it as part of our quality control. So to make sure that the products we buy are top notch, we need to. Uh, implement good protocols with the farmers we work with and also to help them create products that we uh, want to buy more of so um, that's kind of our main focus now and uh, yeah so yeah that's yeah. I, and I don't need to say anything more well and <laughs> and the brand is globally recognized this is something that you the last time you were on the podcast you, you said to me I just consider myself a barista I still consider myself a barista and, yeah, which is true. I mean, right? that's true. <laughs> and and it's this kind of approach to you're down in the weeds, making sure that when you say what you do what you do, you actually do what you do. And so in talking about what we are talking about in this series, like the evolving specialty coffee market, we constantly hear people come on the podcast and say, what does specialty coffee mean anymore? Yeah. And... I guess in this episode, let's define what specialty coffee is and how it's evolving in today's market. <laughs> do, do we have to define it? I think, you know, uh, the problem with the definitions is that it's always uh, interpreted uh, by so many. So yeah. I, I don't really dislike to use terms like direct trade, fair trade, specialty, because uh, anyone can, there's no rules to who can use it you can mm -hmm. define it as much as you want but there's no kind of legislation on how we can use it i think you know in the coming years there will be more legislation towards uh what you can and cannot say in terms of greenwashing social washing uh you know if you say that you're the most sustainable company in the world you actually have to show for it uh today you can get a away with it and you can see any marketing around the world, like everyone is the most sustainable, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. You go to any website and there's always a big part of it that is about sustainability. And uh, still we know uh, most of the companies who talk very loudly about this, especially the big commercial ones, are far from being sustainable. <laughs> 100%. So, so I don't think uh, we we necessarily need to define it. You know, I think... Uh, the industry is growing up, the coffee industry in general, it's kind of evolving always. Mm. Um, and we can look to wine, we can look to beer. Uh, they have gone through a lot of the same. I still think like the, the top, top, top wines in the world are still very few. Uh, and they don't sell a lot of bottles of the top, top quality wines. Uh, what the majority of people want is like, the cheap you shit. know cheap wine <laughs> yeah. and that's the case with coffee as well you know yeah so um uh, but the problem is that uh, there's a lot of people who try to sell cheap wine as being something fantastic and that's the same in coffee like i've never met any roaster or producer who don't say that they have the best coffee in the world you know everyone believes yeah. they have the best coffee in the world uh, but that can't be like if if you are a huge uh, kind of commercial roaster, you're clearly not buying the best coffee in the world, uh, and that's you, you can tell that by the price. You can tell that by how the coffee tastes, how many defects, the way they buy the coffee. There's clearly better ways to do it. So um, uh, I think uh, 
the industry needs to kind of grow up a little bit and be a little bit more honest about what is it that we actually do. The big problem with this that I see, at least in my niche, where, where we are more like independent coffee shops, small chains of coffee shops, small roasteries, is that the the focus, at least for the last two years since COVID, mm -hmm. has been um, to purchase the lower quality coffee. And people ask for it. I know because I talk to importers and farms. <laughs> they ask for like what they call good 84-point coffees, whatever that means. Uh, uh, I interpret it as being they want the best possible coffee, but for the lowest possible price. And right. those two things, you know, there's a compromise there. And then that's okay. It's okay if you need to buy cheaper coffees. I, I, I don't blame, you know, there's, there needs to be a market for all types of coffees that are produced, mm -hmm. uh, not just the top quality ones. The problem I see is that uh, a lot of the people who buy those coffees still sell it as being the very, very best top quality coffees in the world. And uh, that is not only bad for their own company, but uh, I also see it as a long-term thing not very good for the producers because uh, if we're only trying to push price down uh, they will stop producing coffee that's the reality mm. and and this is where oh, we start to a get lot of in topics in the same <laughs> oh this is perfect but this is where we we end up in that kind of space of what is special to coffee and what is authentic and why do we have to be held to a standard and all these kinds of things the point of having mm -hmm. a separation of specialty coffee from the commercial kind of coffee shops is because we are holding ourselves to a higher standard. We are trying to represent better supply chain practices. We are trying to represent better practices in at the bar and in the way that we do business mm. and all of those kinds of things. But that's not mm. written anywhere. And so therefore, what does specialty coffee mean anymore? You know, and, and I guess yeah, that's, that's why we are that's, here. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the maybe uh, roots to this problem is um, there is a big disconnect between most roasters and uh, coffee companies and what's happening at origin. Um, I you know uh, there used to be a trend <clears throat> where a lot of the roasters started to travel to origin to buy mm -hmm. coffees. Which, which is great because uh, you get a much better understanding of what's going on. Uh, you do understand that sometimes you actually do need some middlemen, like yeah. exporters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the logistics guys, we um, love them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, and you also, you, you understand why you actually need to pay a little bit more for a good quality coffee because it actually costs more to produce. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is more risk involved for the farmers because if you don't buy it for a better price, then he needs to sell it to market price, which is a lower price. And mm. if he has invested more into producing it, I say he, it could also be a woman, of course. But um, if, if the farmers invest in producing higher quality, they need to have a customer for it. And mm -hmm. if the customers constantly just cherry pick and don't commit to anything, then that creates... Uh, uh, huge problems in at origin that that will uh, have long term effects because it's you don't give the, any incentives to the producers to produce more coffee mm -hmm. and more quality coffee. So if you say that you're in the quality segment um, and that you say that, for instance, it's very common to see that people say we pay more for quality, and when you pay more, the quality goes up. 
And that's not true because uh, <laughs> if I pay my baristas a higher salary, they don't work better. <laughs> if I train them, they will work, yeah. become better workers. So, um, and when they have higher value, then I can pay them more as well. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace. And it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Uh, so, uh, either you can start doing self uh justice or whatever mm -hmm. you call it like you can control yourself as a company or, uh, or or you might just consider not using that kind of language if you're not really doing what you're saying <laughs> i'm a big fan i mean look one of our core values is integrity and the other is authenticity and and this is where those two things seem to be we're at an impasse at the moment in our industry as and, and we'll talk about this more in the in the next episode but as things start to get harder and the market seems to get more saturated, people are looking for new ways to, I guess, get ahead. And I wonder if that might be, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the reasons why this is happening. But let's talk about that in the next episode, about why this right. industry is evolving in that. So join us in the next episode, folks. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.